Well, um, thank you so much to everyone uh, who's come along today. Um, I'm really so blessed to have you all in my life, and especially thank you to those people from my friends and family who've, who've joined us. Um, so what is today all about, and why am I doing this? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Well, let me ask uh, three other questions to tell you. Uh, first of all, how did I get here? Uh, secondly, why am I doing this now? And thirdly, what next? So let's start with how did I get here? Well, I was blessed enough to be brought up Christian. Thanks, Mum. Uh, I heard the word of God from my mum at home, from my teachers and my friends in school, and from the members at the Methodist church where I was brought up. I was brought up knowing that there is a God, that he loved me, and got to learn about all his wonderful stories uh, from the Bible. In my teenage years, my faith really grew. Uh, I found Christian friends at school. I, I started to take more of an active role in church life. And at the junior church camp that I uh, used to go to at Kersney Campsite with the URC, I started to think that this is it. This is the completion of my faith. Perhaps I would have even considered baptism at the time if it was part of my church's tradition. How glad I am that I didn't. How glad I am that by God's grace, he kept me away from that at that time because I wasn't ready. Well, God wasn't ready for me to be baptized then. I didn't fully understand all that he'd done for me. I like to think of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 about how now we see God's glory through a mirror dimly, but then face to face. I think I was a whole extra step behind that. I couldn't even see the mirror yet. Although I thought at the time my faith wasn't as strong or it wasn't grounded in firm foundations, I'd built my house upon the sand. And because of this, when I had the opportunity, I started to drift, led by culture uh, led by some of the people in my life, uh, not you, Ollie, it's okay, uh, and started to lessen the importance of Christ. I started to think, well, you know, as long as we all just are nice to each other, and well, all the world religions, they probably just uh, worship the same God anyway. I'd strayed so far on the road that I'd fallen in the ditch at the side. And the worst part was I didn't even realize. I just carried on walking in a ditch away from God. But then the unexpected brought me back, a moment of pain, a moment of anguish, when I should have been feeling hurt and angry and betrayed, but I didn't. I felt peace. I felt the Spirit move within me. I felt as though God was saying to me, welcome back. So you see, it wasn't something I did but something that God did. He picked me out of the ditch at the side of the road and he pointed me back in the right direction, just towards him. Not long after, he pointed me towards something else and someone else, uh, an incredible, beautiful young woman, uh, Runyararo Guata. We got uneasily enjoying spending time together, mostly on the phone because she lived in Burton uh, at the time because I like to make things easy for myself. But after about six months together, we started yearning for more. 
we watched, we started to, to build each other up. We started to challenge each other, started to become a real team. We started watching sermons together, studied our Bibles together, went to church together, prayed together, listened to music together. And that's when I found out about Christian rock music. And people sometimes say that the devil has all the best music, but they're just not looking hard enough, I say. As you all know, I came to marry that beautiful young woman. And we carry on as accountability partners today and always. So rather than being in a ditch, I was now back on the road. But not only that, I was racing to Christ, learning so much all along the way. One sermon and moment that stands out for me on this journey is uh, one by an American pastor called Vody Balcom called Brokenness. He describes how we have this tendency to think as humans that everyone is inherently good and that we're all doing okay, really. But that's not the case, and we know that as Christians. Brothers, sisters, and friends, if there is good in us, it is because God has willed it, because he saw it fit to show his great love and mercy in that. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, especially me. We have turned everyone to our own way, and we need to be broken. We need to realize what we are, what we have done, and what we need, which is to throw ourselves on the mercy of our Lord, our Savior, our only hope. That is what I realized. I've been born into sin. I need Jesus as my Savior. He is the only way. So I come on to the next question, why now? Well, all this has gone before. There have been times when I could have been baptized, so why now? Well, I believe the main reason is that because by God's providence, he kept me from it until now. He kept me from baptism until he was ready, until he could see that I knew what it meant. And so I stand here today repentant of my sins. I've been discipled in his word, and now I'm to be baptized by water and his spirit. Now is the time, not because I'm better than I was before or because of all that I've done to get here, but because Jesus came and got hold of me. He dragged me back to him, and now he is ready for this to happen. I know that Jesus has saved me by his finished work, by the darkness he has already overcome, the battle he has already won. By his blood, I am washed clean. I am healed. I am saved because of what he has done. Why do I believe this? Well, I think back to one of my favorite childhood hymns. Um, and I wonder if you can finish off this next line for me. We'll, we'll give this a try. Jesus loves me, this I know. Thank God that's not just a Methodist hymn. <laughs> but that's it. Because the Bible is the breathed out word of God. How blessed we are to have that and to have the word of God written down. And that is why I know that Jesus is my Savior. And that I believe that he is Lord. And that I shall boast in all that he has done for me. And so to my final question, what next? Well, as I said earlier, after baptism comes becoming part of a fellowship of believers. It wasn't an accident that Doreen and I have just accepted the right hand of fellowship today. God's timing is perfect. 
But also now comes the time to more greatly explore my calling in life, to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my baptism today and feel his power in my life, leading me, guiding me, strengthening me. I'm serving as hub manager here and loving it and feeling so blessed to be able to be doing this. Now we'll see where God takes me in that role and in other areas too. I still feel a call to minister, to preach and to shepherd. But again, that will come if God wills it in his perfect timing. I also hope that this day will bring about questions. I hope and I pray that anyone here today who doesn't know Christ as Lord would have questions. That anyone here who knows him and is considering baptism will have questions. And that those of you here today who are believers would have questions too. And I pray that God will give us all the answers to those questions. One thing that I feel most excited about today is being assured of my salvation. For the past few years, as I've been on this journey, learning and growing, I've known that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I've had hope in my salvation that through the repentance of my sins and my faith in Christ alone, I could have a hope in a future. But I believe that it's through this baptism that we are cleansed of our old ways and born again into a new life. Through baptism as a first step in repentance and faith that we can be assured of our salvation. That I today can be sure of my salvation through the double imputation offered to me through Christ. My sinfulness imputed to him the spotless, sinless, perfect Lamb of God and His righteousness imputed to me so that I can someday look upon the face of God and say with confidence, My Father, I am home. It is with this assuredness that I shall go from here today. And I want to sum this up finally with the words from the end of Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.